because this is my home diocese and I don't know like 98% of you. Um, and like most of you were 10 when I, <laughs> when I was here, um, or so, maybe. Um, so, pretend I'm funny and relevant, um, and that I give good talks, and then you can make fun of me together at night. And I also heard you guys, like, you guys sounded good, and that's weird. Um, also, <laughs> like, they actually sing well. Um, it's very encouraging, because um, it's usually painful. Um, so I don't usually do presentations, but I found that I had a presentation on this that's old, that has really good transitions. And so, when the transitions happen, I encourage you to dramatically be impressed, um, and ooh and awe, because um, there will not be presentations for the second and third talk. Um, they will be, each one's gonna be very different. So the first one is like an intro-ish thingy, because um, you always have to do that. And then, the second one is going to be more of story, Bible story based. Um, and then the third one is addressing certain things that were thrown at as what was in mind with the topic. Um, but I'm very big on theory is necessary for practical um, because otherwise you'll just be doing random stuff. And I think my biggest problem with, actually it's not my biggest problem, but one of my problems <laughs> with us um, is that we, we just say random stuff um, and don't mean it. Um, and so then when you're just saying random things and trying to live a so-called spiritual life and you don't even know what that is, um, then it gets um, lame, uh, literally. And then you don't see results. And when you don't see results, you're like, this doesn't make sense, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so uh, I'll just jump into it. Also. Um, we'll throw it to a vote at the end. I was wondering, I don't know how you guys feel about it, um, but I feel like it could be weird to do a talk and then chill for a few hours and then do liturgy. Um, so if you guys are down, um, but you, you don't have to decide immediately, was that after the talk we could do liturgy and then like stay up and do whatever without like it being weirdly interrupted. Um, so we'll take uh, a word on that, but I've got a few thumbs up, and so I'm very validated, and it makes me feel really good. Um, and this generation, that's another thing that makes me feel old when I say things like this generation. Um, but um, validation is all important now. Everybody's right, and we all agree all the time. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord God, amen. Uh, so the theme was uh, something of the divine. Well, <laughs> dialogue. Um, it's dialogue with the divine. Um, <laughs> like, it's a great start. Um, <laughs> like, wait, what are we talking about? Um, dialogue with the divine, which is another fancy word for saying prayer. Um, it, and so, what happened? It's not connected. Oh. Because it's Matthew, by the way. No. No one, why didn't you guys tell Buna that you guys couldn't see it? No. I'm very sad. Um, does, does mine, is mine going to play if I did it? That's so sad. They're really good. You have to take my word for it. They like fade out and they're movie-like and they're, they're so good. Um, it's okay. Just act like it's still there. Um, imagine something cool. So dialogue with the divine, another way of saying um, prayer. I thought you were raising it for a question. Okay. Sorry? I can? They couldn't, and they're supposed to be special. Um, How's it going? <laughs> it's on here, but there, apparently it's a PDF, not the, uh, the keynote. That's why. They sent to the break as a.
take your iPad? I don't know if I have a, a connector. I have a I have HDMI connector. An HDMI to uh, USB C. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the laptop. The laptop. If we can take this laptop. Yes, you guys. You're gonna take How important are these animations? How important are these animations? What did you name the file? It was called. Uh, it's not on I feel badly now because oh. I don't want to keep delaying it. It's a PDF. It's not. No, no, no. do you need your laptop? Can you just use the iPad? Is that okay? Yeah, that's not the end of the world. But I do need to switch it myself because I don't remember what it is. Okay. And then you have here. Exactly. Got it. So why don't I just do that? This whole thing? Do you know that Wi Fi Here, Abuna, just connect to my hotspot. Yeah, I don't know why. I didn't think Wi-Fi was an issue, that's why. It's, it's Kiro, Aisha. I'm sorry, I didn't. Matthews? Okay. No worries. I, think, I don't think it's that deep. Is it that deep? It's seriously deep. Do you know when Peter, you have to go to other networks. Yeah. If you don't do it, it's okay, right? Definitely. Show me a bit. Okay. Cool. Yes. <laughs> I'm missing people. You can tell me we're not screaming. Yeah, now you can hear what's going on. Oh, guys, it was working, right? It's all coming out. So we can get the animation. Yeah, animation is okay. They were going to clap. <laughs> If they suck, it's gonna be really bad. Right? Now it's gonna be really, really sad. Yeah, you have the PDF, right? You have, the, you have this as a keynote here? Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, so you share as a keynote, you get the things. I you just use my iPad. Just, uh... Okay, so what am I doing right now? Um. Okay. Can you hear my. What? You're engineers? We're all engineers except me and, and me. Guys, no, no, we don't need too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks. Too many cooks, too many cooks. I promise, I promise. Next, the next, for the next PowerPoint. The next PowerPoint. The next PowerPoint. That's just PDF. <laughs> oh, right? I know the phone. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I think we're just going to stick with the PDF. Unless you... It's going to go. Is that a movie? It's the problem. It's Yeah, I've, I've encountered this problem before.
everyone's back. So, to have a dialogue with God, um, I'm kind of trying to go backwards because you can't, you can't have a conversation with someone that isn't really real. Um, and so that's like the reason for the, the order of what we're doing it. So we'll start with that because I call it love of God, but it could have a million different names. But it's more about who, who are we interacting with. Um, so the first one is just a kind of a general thing about that. And then the second one is I want to go through the Bibles, certain Bible um, stories, which you guys might find boring, but I don't, and I'm, only I matter. Um, but because I think we don't know how to pull out God's personality sometimes um, to kind of understand a little bit more about who it is with whom we're speaking. And then at the end is more of the, I think, the, what you guys would call practical, but I don't know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> there are no transitions, and I, I will cry after. For those who want the transition form, we can email it after, and you can just slide through um, and watch them. Um, because when I hit imagine, and then it like turns. Um, it would have been really cool if it did what it was supposed to. Um, so imagine, it's, it's cheesy stuff. Like I said, I'm old. This is probably not that interesting to you. Um, but imagine if you meet somebody who, in all, for all intents and purposes, to you seems the ideal person. Okay? The person that you most value, whatever it is that people today think is so awesome. Um, that you would want to spend time with them. Um, because we used to be interactive 20 years ago, um, so we valued that. You guys might not today. Today you might value the person who doesn't talk to you. But, um, but that person seems altogether there with it. Um, everything's figured out. They're funny. They're caring. Whatever, whatever it is. And you want that person to be your friend. What would you do? Sorry? Anything for them? Okay. You, don't, you haven't met them yet. So you, sorry, you met them, but you don't know them yet. So what would you do? Okay. Know everything you can. Anybody going to say anything else? Mark? I would dialogue. You would, oh, that's a good answer. You would dialogue. So you'd just be like, hey, can we dialogue? Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? Okay. <laughs> What's that? Is that Farah? Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I've been here forever. Sorry, say what you're going to say. <laughs> um, I was just saying we want to see that person like, in a stressful situation. Like, how do they handle it? Are they healthy? Hold that in particular for the second talk. Like, I agree. But that, that's very valid. Um, I would try to sidle up someone who knows that person and get to know them. Like, you know, try to get in that. Sick. Okay. Yeah, sick isn't cool anymore. I remember when sick was new. Um, so. Thank you. The sad thing is, I'm like, but that's not the real one. Um, like, when you see the real ones. Um, so, getting to know you, so to your point, um, is, is a starting point. Is that if there's somebody that you're interested in, like, it's not going to happen by just being in proximity, right? Or just being like, oh, I'm near them now. Now, we, now we're in dialogue. Now we can talk. There needs to be an aspect of that. So first is, who are we talking about? Um, about? Um, because how can you come to love someone or talk to someone or appreciate or value someone that you don't know? Um, and I really want to encourage you, and I know I over-talk about this when I give talks, um, like my own atheistic phase, um, I'm, I'm not going to have a personal testimonial, I'm not interested in that, but what I mean is just that when I say, like that, when I'm using the word real, I, I use it very intentionally, um, because I think we talk about things so theoretically, but I want you when we're talking this to realize we're talking about a, a real being. Uh, we're not talking about some random fluffy idea. 
um, that, that's airy-fairy, like there's something real. So how do you love someone that you don't know? Um, and I'm going to come back to this verse a lot, which is, honestly, we, we only love him because he first loved us. Okay, there's, there's nothing that we initiated, and we're going to spend some time on that. But um, So, in the beginning, um, literally the first line of the Bible, it's actually, if you read Gospel of John, which is the best, um, the way that it's worded in the Greek, because the Greek is copying the Hebrew, like the, the Gospel of John is copying the book of Genesis, is like when the beginning began, um, is actually more how it's, it's starting. So just saying like when time came into being, all right, is that this is the narrative that is. Now, why on earth would God make anything? Why would he make any of us? Indeed. What do you mean when you say that? Because the Trinity in itself is love, so it's an extension of that love. Yeah, gaming. Um, <laughs> this is the advanced class. Um, <laughs> there's, yes. So the Trinity in itself, love, the Trinity in itself is, is, is um, complete and already um, aligned in will, always giving. And the reason for emphasizing that is that there was no need for creation. And like that, that's something that will be said over and over, God wasn't in need of anything. He didn't need me, he didn't need you, right? He didn't need trees, he didn't need fluffy angels with cool wings, none of that is adding to his person, right? So if, if he was bored or if he was needing something, he's not complete, right? So all of this was purely in his, his outward, his, the, the, the outward giving, right? Is this, this interest in us. And in fact, he made creation for man. Right? The earth was made for man, not man for the earth. Um, and that matters very much in the narrative because it's like, if we're getting to know the, who this is, okay, here's a guy, I don't mean to be informal or disrespectful, okay, but here's, here's someone who's like, I, I don't need this, but I want it. Um, and I'm choosing, which is another word for love, I'm choosing them, right? And I'm not just choosing them, I'm giving them something that's epic, I was saying, I'm giving them my own DNA. I'm giving them my own identity. Because we give that off when we procreate, but we do that because you, have, like, you don't get to choose whether your DNA is in your offspring or not. God did, right? Because he created many things that don't have his DNA, um, his own image and likeness. Only we receive that, right? So here he is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm making this thing, and I'm so excited about them I'm giving them my own identity. I'm giving them what we call the kingdom. And the kingdom has become cheesy language, but it's not, right? Is that imagine in any way, shape, or form, if you were to invent, if you were to invent your own land, get, call, use the word kingdom or not, that's what you make, right? And in putting any creatures there or any system there, you're now introducing design, right? And now the question marks become, how do you want to design this? When God did, it was, oh, I'm making them equals with me, right? Which is something, again, he did not have to do, right? He gave us authority. He gave us, he gave us his own way of thinking. He gave us his own attributes. So if we're getting to know this person, this is a person who's not intimidated, right? He wasn't like, oh, no, lest they think they're like me. He's like, but they are, which is why one of the dumbest things in the fall was that Eve bought what the devil was saying, right? Of saying, oh, no, no, this is so that God doesn't want you to have it because then you'll be like him and know. Where it's just like, hey, tips, that, that was the plan all along. Um, the reason why she understands you is because she got that. Um, so he made all of that. He made it for us. He gave it the whole world. He gave the lineup of the animals saying, name them, they're yours. And the first thing that we did as humans was we rejected, right? We're like, thanks, no thanks, we're not interested in that, right? God didn't turn his back on humanity, right? There wasn't like, okay, now I don't talk to you. The one talking to them actively was him, right? Even from the minute they're out of the garden, right? Is that he's still there and present. World goes mad. Um, when you read the narrative, it got so violent. Um, that we control, alt, delete um, with the flood. 
Um, and we're still, Noah gets trashed right after um, the nations are crazy. Like, like, it's no time after. Like, it's not, it's not like, oh, wow, this is great. God outreached us. He saved us. We're so happy. We're so grateful. Like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then, so the whole world is saying no. So God is like, let me choose a particular people, right? And that's the whole story of Abraham. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about him tomorrow, God willing. Um, and the people, even Abraham, his chosen people, his offspring, they reject him. Um, so then he's like, okay, these people forgot what it looks like to be who they're designed to be. So he gives us the law. The law's whole purpose was to say, this is what health looks like because you, you forgot, right? Is that you guys have gotten so diseased, like it's almost like America now, and I can say this because I am one of like, where obesity is the norm. Um, so like imagine if, if 98% of the population or more is obese, right? Their remembrance of what it means to be so-called fit isn't there anymore, right? Because it's not the norm. Nobody's seen that, right? You might even think that the, the, the person who's actually healthy is weird, um, of being like, why do they look like that? Um, and so the law was there to be like, let me tell you actually what it's supposed to look like. Um, and, and that formed that. And we're like, no, thank you. Um, but we didn't say it politely. Um, so then he was like, all right, here's my voice still. Here's prophets, judges. And judges, it's like, the judgment is a bad word today because we're really extra and we're always yelling at people about judging. Um, a better word might have been discerners here of like figuring out situations, helping guide people to, to choose what's healthy, to choose what's right. And people didn't like that. And then they said, you know what? We don't, we don't want to be different from everybody else. Um, everyone else, all the cool kids have kings. Could we have a king? Um, and so God was like, sure, you can have a king. Can you just like keep the relationship going? And we said, no thanks. And finally, he came himself, and we also said, no thanks. Right? His own creation, his own people, the very people he created the earth for, whether Jew, Gentile, all of those were his kids. Right? All of creation turned on God and said, we don't want you. We don't want what you're selling. We're not interested in sharing. We're not interested in losing this power system that we have. We like what we're doing. Right? That was what we said. So we crucified him. So, um, what does that mean about him? So first, like we said, he created what he doesn't need to create. That's already very telling just as a fact, right? Um, I mean, there's sob stories on YouTube now, or no one uses YouTube, I guess, at TikTok, and I'm probably dating, I don't have TikTok, but um, where like everything's 15 seconds now and you either cry or laugh hysterically and put 40 emojis, but... Um, <laughs> If there was an emoji about somebody who randomly stopped on the side of the road and just gave somebody money, most people are like, oh, wow, those random acts of kindness, and we'd be really dramatic about it um, and share it to 100 people. But we're really embarrassed about Jesus dying for us and talking about that. Um, but imagine when it's like, I didn't even need to make the whole universe, and I did for you, but you want to act like I'm not in it. Right? But I'll do it anyway. Right? Is that like I'm not waiting on your reciprocation of love for me to love you. Right? Which is something we're going to talk about more in the second talk. Um, and he continues to act as father in spite of his own kids not wanting him. And so we see in him this image of what the fancy word is called kenosis or emptying. Um, in that God is king. Right? God is in charge. God is the ruler, but that is not how he condescended to us, right? He came to us not screaming and yelling and telling us how much we suck, right? Which he could have and he'd be right. Um, but he came literally chilling with us. As, as it says in the Gospel of John, the word was incarnate, the word became flesh, and the word in its original says, and tabernacled with us tented with us, which means camped out with us, right? God literally came and camped, 
Um, and for Canadians, we have real camping, and it's really beautiful, and it's a nice thing of fellowship. You guys use cars and sit like next to your neighbors really closely. But anyways, he came and chilled with publicans, with sinners, with everybody, right? There wasn't, like, it was, he didn't come in being like, it's me, I'm God, I'm here. Um, everyone bowed down, right? He came, was a refugee, was born in poverty, raised in a single parent home, right? Like he's relating to every possible marginalized kind of person um, and the poor. Um, he was kind, he was merciful, he gave his life. Um, and that's why we use these words when we're talking about who is he, he is, he is love itself, right? He's light, he's, he's the source of ability to see, right? Because he is the seeing itself, um, which is synonymous with truth. Um, mercy, justice, etc. Okay. Um, some of this language, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow, is to understand, like, he's a romantic. Um, the word jealous is, again, because we are dumber and language evolves, um, we think jealous is a bad word. Jealous has a right meaning and it has a, a right usage and a bad usage. Um, jealousy, a proper sense of jealousy is when you have a sense of ownership of something. Um, and so if you own something, you ought to be jealous over it. It's a protectionism, right? So spouses ought to be jealous over one another. Parents ought to be jealous over their children. Siblings ought to be jealous over one another um, because there's a, there's a relationship that is owned there. So an improper jealousy is when you have a wrong sense of ownership, right? Of treating something that like, it belongs to you when it doesn't. So when God says, I, God says, I, Lord, your God, am a jealous God, he's saying, you're my spouse. I am jealous over you. If anyone flirts with you, yeah, I want to be the living daylight out of them, right? If anybody's going to harm my kid, I do want to pulverize you. Um, and not, like, I mean, I'm, God doesn't say that. Um, but what I mean there, I'm like, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. But of saying that sense of anything that could harm this being that I love, I won't stand for that, right? It, that, that's what the, the truest sense of it is. Um, and that's the language he's using when he talks to us and about us. Um, so now imagine if, if your hero went out of his way. Imagine if someone like donated their kidney and it's the only reason why you survived after childbirth and you act like it doesn't exist. What does that say about you, right? Like imagine if you're just like, yeah, whatever, there was some nice guy um, who gave me a kidney, right? And it's just like, oh, where is he? I'm like, I don't know, in Kansas. And you're just like, you'd, you wouldn't sound like a nice person, right? Like, it'd be like, wouldn't you wanna show gratitude? Like if you don't even wanna love them back, wouldn't you wanna at least know something about them and be like, no, there's this person who exists that really did this thing for me. Again, if we love him, it's because he first loved us. There is nothing that we did to initiate this. The love of God was self-initiated, right? And it is always going through. And that's why he himself said, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends, and then he really did it, right? That he said that, and then in response, died for us. Um, so, this one is talking about the general how do we learn how to love back. And like I said, talk to you is going to be a little bit more about getting into a bit more nitty-gritty about who he is, just some of his characteristics, because this was just the narrative, but I want to get into other stuff with it. Um, but like was already said by, by some of you saying, well, how about we learn from other people, right? So it's not a bad starting place to say, how about we look at people who did love God, if I don't know how to, right? Or just being like, well, what are ways that people do it? So one category, they're not as cool as St. Anthony, but they're a good category, is the martyrs, um, because they literally laid down their life. I didn't used to like martyrs, and I thought their stories were all the same. After the 21 martyrs of Libya, I did have a shift of just being like, man, that's epic. Um, I, don't, I, I get why they're a big deal, right? Is that when you're being tortured for somebody, and, and you, you remain faithful even to the point of death, that's epic. Um, and they're not all the same, 
right? You've got Saints Peter and Paul who were very different from one another. Um, Saint Stephen who was killed just for upholding a certain position. Saint Ebenub who was a kid. Saint Sidhom Bishay who was a, just a regular good churchgoer who was, happened to be a deacon. Um, who they decided on, on the one morning that they wanted him dead and it just a riot ensued, right? So there's a whole category there, right? Or someone like St. George who had the audacity and the temerity, um, good words, strong words, um, to tear up the imperial decree, right? Which, which, which is, again, personality type of saying each one of these persons, if you can go into their life, is like, how did they be themselves and love God in that way because that's what they were doing. They were loving God, right? The monastics, the best, St. Anthony, um, of being okay, well, what happened there? Why did some rich kid from Venezuela um, choose to get up and leave everything when that sounds immensely boring, right? Like most people are like, oh man, I'm so excited. I'm going to sit under a rock. Um, Something was different for him. There was something that was alive. So get into these lives, like, what was it? What did you see? What were you offering? What was your mindset um, to get back into it? And Bilbraham, the, the, the lover of the poor, um, where it's like, man, his way of loving God was like, I will just love every single one of your kids, and anything that I have, I will give. Right? So it was this constant chain of take, 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 take. And then God would give, 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 give. Um, if you don't know his story, you should see it. If you watch his movie, it's really scary. The exorcism scene is really freaky. Um, but they weren't all martyrs and monastics. They were, they were lay people. King David, um, who is a straight-up G. Um, but um, they're cool to learn from because even in their love, they made mistakes. Right? So someone like King David, we sing praises of him and we'll do Tazbah tomorrow. Um, dude messed up. Right? But his love was authentic that even that was something that God could look past. And just being like, I'm not going to let this slide because it's dangerous for you. Like, here's an infection. But I know who you are. And God could still say about this very person who not only stepped out and slept with a woman while he was supposed to be at battle and chose not to was the most conniving personality about it. Um, because not only did he mess up in that way, right? He then was like, oh shoot. Instead of being like, oh man, I messed up. He was like, oh man, she's pregnant. Her husband's at war. Everyone's going to ask, who's the father? So he goes and brings her husband back from war, especially thinking if he comes, of course, he's going to sleep with her. Problem solved. And then he's dealing with a guy who's cleaner than him because the husband comes like, how could I possibly sleep with my wife while my brethren are at war? I will not do that. I will sleep in front of my house and not go in rather than do that. And Dave's like, no, no, no. <laughs> and he didn't. And so then Dave was like, well, I'll kill him. Right? Like, problem solved. Right? But I mean, it's like, in spite of this, that's like, these are the people to learn from him saying, we might relate to that of being like, I'm an idiot. I do love God and I do really stupid things and heinous things, right? David, how did you find a way to love him still, right? And even more beautiful, and that's what I'm saying, talk number two is God's reaction to that, right? Of him not being like, no, you done messed up. Um, we're not talking. Um, Zacchaeus, who's got sass. Um, Moses will talk about it a little tomorrow. Like Zacchaeus isn't so much sassy as much as being very bold, of being willing to look like a complete moron um, by climbing a tree in his age to get a look at some guy, right? Even in modern society, I think we'd all find it weird. Imagine if there was a crowd and some like 50-year-old climbs a telephone pole um, just to get a view of whoever's in the car. We'd be like, that would be what all the news agencies would be like, well, look at that guy. Um, Moses, we're going to talk about him tomorrow. Saint Fotini, the Samaritan woman. Uh, Peter, the slave, um, who, in being touched by the love of God, one of God. Do you guys know the story of Peter, the slave? Peter, the slave, was some dude who, who was filthy rich and really couldn't care less about anybody. Um, and so he was very selfish with his money. 
And then one day he ran into a beggar, and the beggar kept on asking him, I don't know if it was a coin or bread. At any rate, when he gets annoyed by the begging, he whips the coin or the bread at the guy um, and leaves. And then he has his dream where he sees heaven, he sees all these mansions, and then he sees like some like hole um, that's his. Um, and, but he was shocked to have anything. Um, and they were like, oh, this is for what you gave as though he gave it um, to the person who asked from you. So then him seeing that even God was willing to honor that gesture, right, flipped him around that he went and gave all his money away, all his possessions away. And when he ran out of money and stuff to give, because anybody was asking, he would give. He then went and sold himself into slavery so that he could use the money for his own price of himself to give to another beggar, right? So this is, again, this response of love by experiencing the love of God. He, he, God loved first and we respond. Um, when you come to know him, it changes how you speak to him. That's what I'm saying. This dialogue with the divine has stages. Um, that's what I'm speaking very generally right now, is that if you don't get to know him, the way you change one, it'll always be informal, right? It'll always be formal, sorry, when you don't know somebody, right? Like, yes, thank you. You're not going to know how to be chill, right? Because you don't know them, right? Because here's Moses who meets God in a burning bush, which is, I'm sure, uncomfortable, um, who eventually, it says, speaks to God as though speaking to a friend, right? That's, that's what was explicitly said. Um, this is why the greatest saint, Anthony, also says, I no longer fear God, for I love him, and perfect love casts out fear. He's quoting St. John's epistle. Um, is that, and here, there's two kinds of fear. There's a respect, a reverence, fear, and there's terror. Here, we're talking about terror. I was saying, I don't have terror. I know him. I love him. I'm not afraid um, of this person. Um, which you guys have probably all seen characters like that, where everybody's afraid of that person, and then you see the person who can just completely be chummy with them and being like, how come they get to do that? Right? There's something that's shared. Um, and if you love God, then you must be loving your neighbor. Right? There's no such thing as, as loving God and not loving your neighbor. And your way of dialoguing with, your na- with God is going to include the way you treat your neighbor. Right? This is, again, what the best saint said. Our life and death is with our neighbor. Right? If we gain our brother, we have gained God. But if we scandalize our brother, we have sinned against Christ. Because as St. John said, how on earth could you claim you love God, who you can't even see, if you don't even love the people that you can see. And this all links to the narrative we're talking about because you're related to each other. Right? Is that every single one of us is related because dad made us. So in dad making us, he's saying we're family, right? Then how can I claim to be in a relationship with dad and saying, no dad, I don't do anything with family. I only know you. And he's saying, but we are family. Right? There is no way that you can have a relationship with me that does not include the rest of the family. You have a personal relationship with me as your dad, you do. And you have a relationship with me that's through um, family. Um, I'm going to skip a bunch of these, most of these. Um, so, basic levels. Um, and again, it's sad how language has changed because now anybody who sees the words commandments and that's immediately seen as negative. Um, It could be said, if you love me, do as I designed, um, would be equally there. Um, And what does that mean? Learn from me, for I am meek. Don't return evil for evil. Reach out to the poor, the innocent, the victimized, the fringe. Love your neighbor, love your enemy. That's the commandment, right? That's really not a terrible commandment, right? If people did this, I feel like everybody would be in a much better mood all the time. Right? If people were actually nice to each other, everybody's complaining about how judgy the world is and how nobody helps and nobody cares and nobody does anything. But his commandments are those very things that we're whining and complaining about. If we did it, um, things would be quite different. Um, I'm going to skip. 
that. Avoid sin, and we're going to talk more about this in talk three, so I won't spend a long time of it, but um, if love is to choose others, sin is the antithesis of that. It's not just about rules, right? It's, it's that if you're always choosing yourself, then you are not interested in others. To love someone is to choose them. Is to say, I have the option of self-choosing right now, or I have the option of choosing you. Which one is it that I choose? Um, and that makes all the difference. Um, listening to him, this is going to be talk number two, the Bible in your life. This is a, a place that you can hear the direct voice of God, where you can hear words that he actually said. Right? Or just being like, okay, if we're trying to get to know him, what does he sound like? What does he say? What are the stories about him? What's the history of him with humanity? Um, how does he think? What does the situation tell you about him? And we're going to zoom in on that in talk number two. Talking to him, that's talk number three. Um, prayer. There's direct ways of talking to him, and there's very indirect ways, and there's so many ways to talk, um, because talking doesn't always mean speech. Um, open up, um, and we'll get more into the degree of it. Talk about your thoughts, your fears, your joys, your losses. Um, ask him why things happen the way that they do, to explain things, um, to help you become better. But spend time with him. This, these retreats are good um, in the social sense, but um, there needs to be some time that's just you and him. Um, and there are times where it's you and others. There's family time, there's personal time. Um, they're, they're both needed, they're both different things. Um, group stuff is, is variant. Vespers, midnight praises, liturgies, youth groups, making a present, um, but, but on, on purpose. Right? Like the idea is that it's on purpose. It's not haphazard. It's not, um, Christianity is not a club, or at least it's not supposed to be. It's become one. Um, make some sacrifices to show that he's really number one, starting with your ego. Um, like I said, this presentation is old. <laughs> I wish these were the issues that we had today. Um, but ego number one, get over ourselves, right? Of, Recognizing I'm not self-created, right? And if I'm not self-created, if there's something real that's beyond me, like if you can pause and just think about that for a second, just on a very rational, logical level, is there anything that self makes itself? Is there? That's the first law of thermodynamics, okay? No. Right? Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can all be transferred like, okay, grade seven. Right? So, I think we forget that that's us. Right? That we, we didn't self-create. The minute that it becomes a real fact to you that you were made, that collectively as humans, we did not exist. That material didn't exist. That the earth didn't exist. That's why we keep going back to the narrative. When that becomes a real thing to you, things will change. But when that's just random talk to you, this, this talk does nothing, right? Then it's just like, yeah, 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 love God, love neighbor, hold hands and kumbaya, go to tizbaha, don't date and don't do drugs and bismus salib and all that. Um, then yeah, that will do absolutely nothing for you and you'll go home the exact same way that you came, no problem, right? Because there's nothing anyone can do for you and I'm not being a jerk about it, that's just reality. But when it becomes real for you, that you don't, you don't come from nowhere, there's a real designer with a real design and you're part of that narrative, that you actually fit into the narrative, you're part of it, you're not some, some random thing on the side, then this becomes real. It's like saying, oh man, I actually met the guy who donated the kidney that made me alive, right? What does it mean now to get to know this person and spend time with them? Um, which would mean if you were to be like, yeah, yeah, you're so valued, you're really nice, I just don't ever want to have anything to do with you, right? Then you're something special. Whereas these sacrifices, I'm putting random stuff here, they're not meant to be sacrifices in the sense of those who love the, the kidney giver can't listen to music, right? That's not what's being said. But it's saying, do I make an intentional place to say, I want to acknowledge you, right? I want to spend time with you. Thanks to you, I'm alive, right? And then there becomes positive saying, 
I could even enjoy spending time with you. What do we have in common? And it's actually your whole being because he gave the image and likeness. And suddenly these things mean more. Right now they become not just theory. They become like, oh, every aspect of my being actually could be shared, including basketball. Right? That's not weird. Because he created leisure and he created physics. Right? So you might be as prayerful on the court, possibly, um, not the way most of you guys play, um, or in a canoe as you are in other things. Right? The family comes together on Sundays and says, we want to actively, intentionally say, thank you for this whole story. Right? And we're coming together. There's certain things that are mandatory. Right? But make some sacrifices that show that you recognize you only live because of his kidney donation. Right? There needs to be something real there. Which means love him. Which means choose him. Um, instead of choosing the world. Right? I want you guys, whenever we talk about love in these next couple of days, to replace the word love with choose. Because that's what the word meant. Right? Choose not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man choose the world, the choosing of the Father is not in him. Right? Is what he's saying. Of saying, when there's a conflict between this and this, start with me. Why? Because it only has order because of me, not because I have an ego issue. That it only makes sense when it's put in the design. If you use it outside of its design, it doesn't, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Um, Loving God with a purpose, not as much of actions. Um, it's so sad how society has changed. This is from Song of Songs. Um, and the transition would have made the but calmly appear after, but those transitions are gone. Of that, when you get to know yourself, you'll see this weird paradox of you probably view yourself negatively, but it is not how God views you. Right? Is that it's, it's completely different. Um, I'm going to skip these. Um, um, I wasn't the Buddha when I put this together. <laughs> so it's awkward. Um, this is... Prove uh, <laughs> me. Um, this is one of my favorite verses from the Old Testament. This was about tithes, but it's not meant to be just about tithes. It's about the giving. He's saying, prove me, test me. I challenge you, right? He's saying in modern English, although maybe it's not modern anymore, it was 20 years ago, bring it, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, he's saying, bring it. I challenge you that if you just give me a little bit, I don't do anything with your money. I don't have bank accounts in heaven, right? I don't do anything like that. But give, and I challenge you to see whether or not I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Um, so I wanted to ask for it because I know we started late and interrupted. Um, but I want you to just maybe meditate tonight on, on, on this concept of who that we're going to dive in deeper in in talk number two, of that we have a God who is self-revealing, right? A God who isn't hiding behind anything. He... he shows himself, he speaks, he interacts, he communicates, um, to start saying, okay, well then who, who, who is he? I know that for me, the, the, the eureka moment, if you will, was in seeing holy people, um, like actual holy people, not fake holy people, um, of saying, okay, that, that's real over there, right? And then the supernatural stuff, which like most of you have heard some of the random stories that I tell, um, was weird and cool in the sense of being like, there's more than material. And I bring it up to say that when it became a true story for me, is, is only then that this stuff became more real, right? It's when it was no longer Sunday school answers of yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And that's why I'm trying to overly present your faces of saying, can you make an effort that this not become just Sunday School Answers? Right? Sunday School Answers are often correct. I'm not saying that those are wrong answers. But where it's just, this is what we say to make tons of uncles shut up and move on and give us the candy. 
right? And instead of it being, this is a real story with a real God who really knows and loves us, that I have the choice, the choosing, the ability to love back or not, right? May God grant that we do that because if I don't, dialoguing with him is going to be exceptionally difficult because you not only don't know about him, you couldn't care less about him because you don't choose him. And he loves you so much that he lets you make that choice. Right? If you want to choose to not be in a relationship with me, I allow that. I will never stop choosing you, but you may, if you wish, choose to not choose me. Double whammy. Um, and glory be to God forever. Amen. Any questions, criticisms, um, add-ons, meditations, Archie, Mary, Lois, anyone? The transitional version can be found later. Or you guys can add anything? Uh, in relationships, how do we love without expectation while still being in a healthy reciprocal relationship? Uh, crisis, our spouse, and should be Okay, in relationships, how do we love without expectation while still being in a healthy reciprocal relationship? So that's a really, like, those are big words. Christ is our spouse and truly the perfect lover and no one else can hold a candle. But where is the line? Where does it cross from healthy self-sacrifice to unhealthy, one-sided love? Greater love has no man than this. Then he laid down his life for his friend. So if you want perfect love, that means dying. Which Christ did in factuality. Um, with a messed up people. Right? Like... They were mad at him for doing miracles, right? Most people would pay to see a miracle, right? So what I'm trying to get at is that if you want to live perfectly, then it would, there's no such thing as a special line of practical, right? So today we use language that's actually not very Christian, um, where we say things like, um, and that's why you need to set boundaries. Um, and I personally love boundaries, but it's actually not that Christian. Um, if you're going to set boundaries, you need to recognize that it is because you have not yet learned how to love fully. Right? If I did not believe that I owned anything because I didn't make it, God made it, and it wasn't made from, from me personally at the expense of others, right? Then I'm not going to, then I would be able to give. I don't. If someone borrows my books, I want, I want them back. Um, I'm not like, oh no, it's okay. If I was a perfect Christian, I wouldn't. I'd be like, it's okay, and I'll mean it. Um, whereas I'm like, no, you will give it back. Um, so, but here's, here's the catch. Christianity wasn't meant for Christians. It was meant for every single human being. It became uh, for Christians because we became the group that said yes to him. Now, if every single person was doing what the gospel said, you wouldn't have this question because you would also be receiving, right? So you would be called to give, but so is everybody else around you. So if somebody saw your need, they would be also be trying to meet your needs and then everybody would feel fulfilled, right? If you were down, someone would comfort in the same way that if you saw someone else down, you should comfort. Um, why does the realization that we are created change things for us so fundamentally? Because it's the only way anything can make sense. Like, think about this philosophically for a moment. How many of you, right, show of hands, how many of you care whether something is logical or not? Why? Well, not necessarily. So, what makes something correct? It's not necessarily pride, I mean. 
what makes something correct. I hear people whispering it. What makes something true? Thank you, Mark. Um, saved us 20 minutes of back and forth. A thing is true only if it's true. That sounds so banal, but it is a mind-blowing thing if you recognize it. You only care for logic because you believe that there is reason. If there is no such thing as design, there is no such thing as logic. Things can only make sense if there is sense to be made. You can only depend on something being logical if there really is logical. And everybody appeals to reason, right? You can only say this thing is for something if it really was for something. Was it really made for that something, yes or no? Was it even really made, right? So the, the realization that there is a creator means that I am created. That directly causes an issue. Because if there is a designer, then there is a design. And that begs the question, what's the design, right? That's why half the social narrative arguments we have are so dumb, right? Because we're avoiding the real question. We're having debates about these side things instead of saying, what's it for, right? So, for example, in this narrative that we're talking about, if we're saying God is creator and man is made in his image and likeness, then we're saying God is original portrait and I'm a replica. Social arguments are being had when we're looking at these replicas of just being like, I like that this is green. And it's like, but it's not supposed to be green. That's mold. Right? This is supposed to be a replica. The original, it's actually yellow. It's supposed to be yellow. And then we're having stupid social arguments of saying, what's wrong with green? Why are you anti-green? I'm not anti-green. It's supposed to be yellow. And there are parts of it that are green, and they're really nice too. But this part's yellow. Right? Why? Because this really is a replica. Right? And then we'll also be looking at all these other replicas and being like, now that's a replica. And it's like, but it's a replica. It's not the standard. That's not who we're comparing ourselves to. We're comparing to the original. Right? So the minute that you realize that you are a replica of the original, Things should change because now there's meaning, there's purpose, there's identity that are now objective, they're not subjective. And once those are objective, you enter a whole new world because then suddenly things like sacraments do something, they're not, they're not symbolic. Or saying, well, what happens if I get mold on the photo, on the replica? Oh, there's a way to restore it. What do I do if the frame is breaking? There's a way to fix that. Right? Suddenly these things that we talk about as theory are no longer theory, they're functional. Right? That they're tools that are given to us. So it should be a mind-bending moment when it is no longer just a random story. When it's a random story, it's just cute. Right? It's just a, a nice thing that you get lessons from and be like, it's like that cute story where like Joseph did this thing with his brothers. Ah. Um, and it's like, that's not meaningful. But when it's, when it's meaningful, it has power and it has authority. Um, why does God create those whom he knows will go to hell? Or to extrapolate even further back, why would he create Lucifer, knowing all the suffering he would cause? Because he gives full freedom. Freedom equals choice. Choice equals love. Period. He didn't say, I'm making it for this to happen. Knowing that's going to happen is different than it. Imagine... What you would think of your own parents if they said, we will not let you ever leave the house. Because if you leave the house, you could get hit by a car. Someone at school might teach you bad words or bad things and give you drugs or shisha or weed or whatever people do for fun now. If, they, if you were never allowed to choose ever, you were a prisoner, right? So he gives us the freedom. If everybody lived as they were created, including Lucifer, none of this would have happened, right? So this isn't, uh, he didn't make somebody for that reason. People chose it. Um, what do you think about 
Muslims who claim that Jesus and Abraham were all Muslims because the definition of Muslim is follower of God. Uh, definition of Muslim is not follower of God. Muslim, Muslim or Musallim, um, it means to have surrendered. Um, so it doesn't mean to be a follower of God. It means to be surrendered. So if they want to use the word as a non-proper noun, um, then sure. But it is now used as a proper noun. Right? In the same way that gay used to mean happy and it doesn't anymore. Okay? So if you're going to use that as a proper noun and forget the cultural context, you're, you're not being honest linguistically. Right? So on a very literal level, sure. Um, then they all are. Um, but in the sense that it, of a proper noun, no, they weren't Muslim, Islam didn't exist. Um, so no, that wasn't a thing. Muhammad comes way later. Um, so no, Abraham wasn't. Um, but I do believe we have a common religious ancestry. Um, like that, that, that's a fact. Ishmael is where they came from and he really is the son of Sarah, um, of, of Abraham, sorry. Um, and, um, and that is something that God also gave blessing to. It doesn't validate it as right. It just shows that God, again, if we're trying to get to know God who we're praying to, he's a God who loves everyone. As, as he said, I don't differentiate the rain falling on the good and the bad. Right? I, everyone's going to get the rainfall. Everyone's going to eat, regardless of what they think of me. Um, are boundaries really a lack of perfect love? If someone cheats, for example, and that's a deal breaker, that doesn't mean you don't love the person. Um, I don't think I'm seeing the connection between the loving here and the boundaries. I'm saying love, throughout love as this thing that means affection or whatever it is that most people mean when they say love today. We use love to capture things that it didn't use to, right? So love used to just mean to choose. Hate meant whatever I did not choose, right? So linguistically, like when God says, Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have I hated? All that God is saying there is I chose uh, Jacob. I made the covenant with Jacob. I did not choose Esau. That's all the words meant. So boundaries are a lack of perfect love. Again, the only, the only boundary to love, real, is truth. Okay? So the only thing that, that would not be okay to choose is something that is inherently wrong. Right? But if it's somebody wants something from me, space, time, and I, I'm horrific at that. What I'm just saying is that ideally, perfectly, would be that there's nothing that I don't give when it's asked or demanded. Um, what did you mean we need to make sure we don't gather haphazardly in the Lord? What does that look like? Um, if I'm going to vent for a second, it's like how Coptic youth or any Christian youth can go to youth group together and then get completely trashed together. Right? It's that I can go hang out and sing whatever hymn that we do and then be at the hookah bar together after, um, or at the White House, um, or at various things. Um, I'm just being direct a little bit. Um, and I'm not taking shots at people doing wrong. We all do wrong. I do wrong. Okay? I did not mean for it to happen. Um, but <laughs> my point is, if this is if this is real to you, then why is it weird to be Christian together actually? Why are people nervous to do what's right? Not they're not just nervous to do what's right, they're worried to even say what's right among people who are theoretically believing the same things as one another. Right? Now people are scared, like Wednesday and Friday, if you fast it, like that usually makes people laugh and really. And then if somebody is fasting, it's like this, the supposition is that they're being pretentious and self-righteous. Um, where I'm like, when did that become a thing? Um, so it's, the haphazard to me is when it's a cultural club, um, when it's just a, an ethnic club, then it's not, we're not united in Christ, but we're pretending to be, right? But if it's really about, we are a group of people who really recognize that Jesus Christ is our God and creator, Right? We happen to belong to a particular denomination within that family called Christianity. 
right? That we happen to believe certain things about our God and saying we do believe that other people might be mistaken about, about how we understand our dad, but this is who we are, then it's no longer haphazard. It's that what's uniting us is my Christianity, not whether I'm Egyptian, Ethiopian, Syrian, Armenian, Indian, Greek, Latin. That's not what's uniting us. That's a commonality, but it's not what unites us. Right? We're not gathering as a fellowship of a certain skin type or color or ethnicity. That is not what's uniting us. Right? That's why we say the one holy Catholic, Catholic meaning universal church. Right? So that would be the... Um, that would be roughly what I mean by not being haphazard if that wasn't shots fired. Um, <laughs> tell me when to shut up because I don't know when I'm supposed to stop. Um, what do we get from asking God why something happened? Like why he gave someone a disease? What answer could he give that would make us understand? On the same line of thought, it just disappeared. I don't know what the line of thought was. Because um, this vanished. I guess I'm being told to shut up, so I'll end with that one. But um, it makes all the world a difference because this is what I mean about getting to know God. Because that question, okay, it's bad. That question, in and of itself, why did God give this person a disease, already has a presumption in it that God did give them a disease. Did he? That's a question that has its own answer. And it might not be the same answer for every person in every circumstance. Then there's another question of like, if he did, then why? Right? And that's why if you start looking at some of these saints, for example, in my generation, because I'm old, um, there would be tons of uncles that would be like, oh, don't ask that question. I, it's not proper. Um, but then I would read the best saint, for example, St. Anthony, who did ask that question, and God wasn't annoyed. Right? St. Anthony, the greatest, did say to God, why is it that there are some awful people that live really to old age, and there are children who die? He was allowed. Right? So what I mean is, the process of asking doesn't mean, it's the same as the way you're interacting with your parents because they're real. So I mean about God being real. I was saying that your back and forth, regardless of what the answers are and aren't, are giving you data about one another, right? Of like, imagine if like I were to be chilling with Emma Sarabun and I asked him a question and I noticed that he was aggravated by it. That's already data of being like, oh, this is an uncomfortable topic. Why? Is there history there? Is it because this is something you don't talk about? Suddenly there's, it goes somewhere. Right? If in the reverse, he starts laughing hysterically, like, oh, he loves this topic, right? Then it's like, okay, this is something this person likes, right? I might be like, hey, Satan, why did you make this decision? He's like, none of your business. And another time, I'm like, oh, I'll tell you why. Because four years ago, right, there's all these different possible answers. So all of it is valuable because all of it is you getting to know one another, which makes communication, the dialogue, so much easier. Right? Because now, again, you know more about the person that you're talking to. Um, there are more, but I'm going to stop there just because I think it's been a long time. Um, can we get a show of hands? How many of you would rather do the liturgy now and then chill as late as you would like? Um, I think there's an overwhelming majority. Okay, then how about, can we take... So don't go nuts. I know, every, I know it's been a long talk, and I apologize. I know I, I need to shut up and talk less. Um, so my apologies sincerely. Um, can we not go nuts just so we don't ruin the mood for liturgy? So if you want to take a breather outside and, and talk, no problem. But let's keep the quietness here so we can just set up quickly. Um, and then we'll do uh, liturgy. And then we're down to hang out, play games, bonfire, um, cuss each other out with non-cuss words um, until as late as everybody would like. And... Sorry? 920? 920. We just need to set up. So whatever that is. And glory be to God forever.